Boy. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Running on Tap. I'm Kyle. I'm Jacqueline. Jacqueline, what are we drinking today? We are drinking some very special beers for a very special episode. Yes, indeed. Uh, some uh, Rehoboth Beach uh, special beers. I think we're both drinking Dogfish Head. We are, yes. Uh, I am drinking the Right Loose. So we went to Dogfish Head. We're going to talk a little bit about brewers we explored at a later date. Yes. Um, but we went to Dogfish Head and kind of ate and drank there, but then went back and they had, um, when we went back to like pick up some beer to bring home, and they had these mixed fermentation wild ales, like maybe 10 of them. Yeah, they had quite a few. Yeah. I, I think I think 10 is about right. There was definitely uh, there, there were a, a wide number. selection. Yeah. And I got two. Yes. And so this is the Right Loose. It is an American wild ale with wild Maine blueberries. It's like a really cool logo, really cool bottle. The gentleman that helped us check out explained that these are, this has been aged in red and white, red and white wine barrels for 12 months. And then they are put into the bottles and they continue to age in the bottles. So literally each bottle of this beer is going to be slightly different. Yeah, it's, it's it reminds me a lot of when we microbrew at home. Uh, each beer in the bottle tastes a little bit different. And uh, what do you make of it? You just had your first sip. I did. So kind of my, my long lead-in was to explain why, like, we did go to Dogfish Head, but I, I this is my very first sip. I had not tried this beer before. Um, it's very good. It's very funky. It, it has, like, the real... There's like a funk meter and an acidity meter. There's a funk meter. On the side of the beer. We need yeah. a funk meter for the podcast. <laughs> um, it tastes like balsamic vinegar. Oh. And like blueberries and red wine, but it, it's very vinegary. Do you mind if I... Please help yourself. Um, it reminds me of beers I've had before, but it is... It is unlike things that I am able to find regularly, but I have had a beer that tastes like it before. Wow. Yeah, that is, that tastes, um, I could picture something at like Jolly Pumpkin. Yeah. It tastes like that. Like it's a really funky, like funky Belgian-y, Belgian beer. Like heavy. You get a lot of the, I get a lot of the vinegar you're talking about, but also like a lot of the blueberry mm -hmm. tartness, like the, not the sourness that like gets you in the front of your tongue, but like on the back sides, like in the back flank of my tongue it's really like puckering right yeah, now. yeah it is for me like it is more funky than it is sour did you get some smoke at the end there no what is wrong i don't know i keep you? i keep tasting smoke maybe every beer we have you ev think tastes smoke? E everywhere is on fire apparently um maybe it's my beer yeah it uh it isn't tart so much to me as it is like funky it, it is not making me pucker hmm. It is, it is, I would definitely agree with Dogfish Head as they characterize it uh, as a wild ale and not a sour. Sure. Yeah. That makes um, sense. And it has Britannomyces and Lactobacillus mm, are like the two cultures in this, yeah. which I feel, Lactobacillus is in a lot of sours, but I feel like the Britannomyces is really that what is, gives this That is the, the funk, yeah. And I've had... The first beer I ever had with Britannomyces in it was 
terrible. I remember... Sometimes it just tastes like feet. Yes. Yeah. I remember strongly disliking it. So when I saw... I was excited about the blueberries, but when I saw that that was in this one, I was a little hesitant. Um, but I really like it. It's not something I'd want to drink a ton of, but it is very different, and I'm a big fan. Yeah, absolutely. Very unique, very cool uh, one-off selection of, of Exactly. Beers. Very cool. Not something I'm going to find anywhere but at their bottle shop in Delaware. Correct. Which is very cool. Yeah. Uh, and what are you drinking? Your uh, beer is jet black. I am also drinking uh, Dogfish Head. This is the Camp Amp. It's a uh, milk stout. And while yours is like really funky, uh, like because of how it's brewed and that and the the how you know, the the taste there, mine's funky because it is like it is just a dessert in a dessert in a glass. This is a milk stout that is brewed with graham crackers, cinnamon, marshmallows, cocoa powder, and vanilla added in. So it tastes like a, a sort of like campfire some more uh just really sweet and like it has the vanilla huh. and marshmallow taste that's like really pulled off well when which is like it, unique you said you're like oh my god it actually tastes like marshmallow and it really does it tastes like a, this is a s'mores beer to me like it's like that totally with like a little bit of like just the like the dark maltiness of a stout that like kind of gives you this warmth inside it's not heavy though no it's real so this is a six and a half percent uh it is not heavy at all it tastes very light on it like it's not it is not like a it's not really like silky it's it's it tastes smooth like how anything with vanilla kind of tastes smooth but it is not like heavy and silky on the tongue it is quite um is quite sweet and very good. We had a bartender while we were away who said that he, you know, tastes things when he exhales. And I just sort of cleared my throat with my mouth closed to like breathe out my nose and tasted just sort of like a, a graham cracker that fell into a campfire. Yeah. Like really like burning and graham cracker and cinnamon and like very distinct, not something I got with my first sip of the beer. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of different layers to this one and a, it's just really, um, I mean, I, I won't say it was my it was when we went into Dogfish Head the day after we uh, had dinner there. I didn't I didn't go in looking to buy a six pack of this, but um, when the one that I had gone to to find wasn't there, this was uh, an easy runner up choice, and it's um it's very unique and like very good for this time of year. Absolutely, like it's it's cold outside now, and like uh, for some reason our neighborhood always smells like uh, bonfire. So um, it kind of just gives that that feeling, and so really good stuff. I, I had never, I had never had it yeah. before being a Dogfish Head, and I think like it it was not a Rehoboth exclusive. Like it was not something that you can only get there, but it's something that I don't see around a ton. I, I don't know if I've ever seen it in stores before. So uh, it it may not be like new, but it's new to me. And uh, I liked it a lot. Also, a very cool bottle. Yeah, a very cool bottle. Like uh, it's, it's like got, a guy with a s'mores head. It's like playing a, it's the like guitar. a yeah yeah that's that's a good way of putting it. It's uh and it, like it's kind of disturbing. It's a little cool. yeah it's a little weird, but it's weird but cool and just uh, a, a a unique beer. Yes, that uh, was really lucky to try there. And um, on the day when we had like we will talk again a separate podcast about the breweries, but this was uh, our we last. Just, 
too much fun this weekend. We yeah. gotta split it up. Our last our last stop on a day of yeah. hitting a few different breweries and uh, try. I tried sixteen different beers that day, mm-hmm. like flights, like little guys. Not like I didn't drink sixteen beers, but uh, this was. One of the last ones I had and it really stuck, struck a chord with me. So, good stuff. For sure. It's excellent. I did not try it um, while we were there, so I'm glad you got some to come home because yeah. I'm glad I got to try it. Absolutely. So, we are going to do our review of the Coastal Delaware Running Festival. Uh, you are all familiar with our preparation for this race at this point. Uh, have we talked about it on here? Uh, I think we have discussed that I ran a mar- I was going to run a marathon and you were going to run a half. And and I don't know, were you going to run a marathon? Was that the plan? Was, was did we no. talk about this at all? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so uh, in summary, we keep having wonderful racecation weekends. This yes. was this was another one. Uh, weather on race day was great. The rest, of the rest of the time, a little windy, a uh-huh. little cold, like November by the ocean. But um, we are, I think, I, I, you're very happy with your run, as you should be. I am like doing my best not to be disappointed. Uh, but overall, a great experience. Totally. I think, yes, I just feel like I'm hitting kind of a point with my running where stuff is clicking and I'm like mentally in a good spot and like even when it doesn't quite click like I ran I learned how to run for fun right so I'm like having fun either way and I don't know I feel kind of guilty because you are not always having fun <laughs> but there were a lot of years that you were like PRing and like crushing stuff and I was just having terrible run after terrible run so right. it's a shame that we can't get our running mojo to line up but here we are here we are so we'll start at the beginning we uh drove from uh the northern virginia area to rehoboth beach on uh saturday afternoon midday stopped at wawa for lunch because if it's a if it's a road trip right before a marathon that's that's the same meal i had before obx was a was wawa sandwich and it's a good previous lunch just carby easy on your stomach you're not like yeah well, granted, you had a Philly cheesesteak, which baffles me. That was good. It, as someone who's it wasn't like a Philly cheesesteak little... cheesesteak. It didn't have like I, I got like provolone instead of cheese whiz. I didn't get like jalapenos. There were no onions and pe- like there was the there was like banana pepper, but like it wasn't like what to. It wasn't like one of those. It wasn't like a drunk three a.m. cheesesteak. Uh, I would have been pooping on the entire course if I ate it. There's just no well, way. That, that's a whole different discussion uh but well i think it's a good pre-race meal yeah. for like races in the mid-atlantic right so we get to our beach and uh let's first talk about the expo the expo so because we had basically got in we uh we parked our car and did the short walk over to the convention short walk center. over i realized i was like a parent so i'm like i'm just gonna yes, steer you're, into you're the leaning into the <laughs> to the repeating of of the things i say uh so what'd you make of the expo uh the location was in the in the in the rehoboth beach convention convention center um and yeah you have yeah what did you do what did you make of it uh it was smaller than i expected Hmm. for sure there was basically just like bib pickup and race gear and then like one booth with like beans and gloves the the supplies station yeah right and like stuff you might need to pick up but there was no like you know the Geico tank. Geico wasn't you there for to. once, and like it was 
It was very interesting because I think the race was bigger than Outer Banks. I think you're right. Maybe by just a little, but like Outer Banks was in like a high school gymnasium. Yeah. The bib pickup. Uh, but even they had like, you know, a, a local race had like a booth there. So I, I wonder if they kept it smaller to try to sure. like not have people, not have it be too crowded because of COVID. But it was lovely. We walked in, we walked right up and got our bibs. And then we sort of looped around and went through all the race gear. And then left. You're like, I mean, what you want before a long race is to be in and out. Yep. Uh, so it definitely accomplished that. I thought the race gear was really lovely. Yeah. Like not... We'll talk about the swag separately, but like the gear that was for sale, like Itself, that was yeah. branded with the race stuff. Um, you know, after like like Marine Corps Marathon is always Brooks, and like after like a lot of races where it's like nice, like runner, like brands that I know. Right. This was not, but I thought the stuff was really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the expo kind of reminded me of when I was uh, just my right after my freshman year of college, I went with some friends to see Incubus and their concert. It didn't take. It took me until after they were done to realize that they never said a word to the crowd other than like "thank you" after a song. They just played their songs huh. and like they were there to play music and like said "thank you" and that was it. And then like said "good night" at the end. None of the no no talking, no totally. stories, whatever. No frills, just like good music. And that was kind of how I felt about the expo too. You got in, you were like picked up your bib picked up your shirt you uh get your you, you hit the the race the race gear section and that was it right and like it was i mean as someone who like we like to roam around and like don't get me wrong i uh fell in love with the king crab medal at by going to expos right. and seeing these stations these stations there so like i love a big expo but at the same time for like the state of mind I was in as the race got closer, which was like tr basically like a l I was stress packing no Saturday morning. No fun to be around. No fun to be around. Like, like kind of like getting a little anxious, getting uh, a little stressed out, kind of just focusing in and thinking about my race. Like I didn't really want to like remember before my first our, our first marathon uh, at Marine Corps, oh, like a giant expo i wanted to get out of there as soon as possible because yes. i want to get back to my you know sitting down uh so day before marathon perfect expo for me like yes got the stuff walked around got to see i got i got like a really nice blue quarter zip yep. which is like thick but also fits well and um wasn't overly pricey which is great and then i got a really bright yellow um running jacket that I can run in during the winter, which I like now that my schedule has changed and I'm running in the dark in the morning yes. as opposed to the middle of the day. Uh, my black running jacket that I have right now isn't really going to be the safest thing to run in. Right. So I got a, a nice new yellow one, which was great. So I uh, really liked there were, and it was hard to choose. There was so much good gear. Yeah. So many good, uh, sh like a lot of a lot of quarter zips, and I'm a quarter zip guy. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of different things to choose from, and it was really nice. I got this like long sleeved, kind of like cropped. It's kind of boxy. It has sort of like a funnel neck with a hood. It's not a hoodie, and it's not something I'll run in. It's right. very much like a very soft, comfy, long sleeved, like hooded shirt. Shirt. Sure. Yeah. Um. 
But I feel like when you go to stuff like this, you know, you see a lot of quarter zips and a lot of baseball hats and like a, a lot of like running gear. I really like they had like hoodies mm -hmm. and they had this. Like I liked that they had like lounge stuff that was not necessarily running stuff yeah. because because we go to so many of these, I have so much running stuff. It was nice to get something a little different. Uh, and all the gear, we talked in Baltimore about how like they like everything they had for the marathon, they had for the half and like they had, you know, so many different, everything is just branded with the race. Yep. And has 26.2, 13.1, 9K, 5K. Yeah, it didn't have the there specific was distances. No, like I did not get anything that says half marathon. It was just right. all the race logo with all the race distances. Which I think is nice. I don't know how I would feel about it if I like was running the 5K. Right. But I like it. It's it's a good looking logo and it was good. And it is also on these pint glasses, which we're drinking out of as we do this podcast, which came free with the shirt. You want to talk a little about swag then? Let's let's talk a little bit about the swag because this is when we got it. Got to see right. it for the first time. So uh, I I think you had told me that we got a glass with the race. So previous years people have. Yeah. I had read a lot of race reviews for this over the 700 days between when I registered and we actually ran it. Um, Who's counting though? <laughs> uh, but it's not like it said on this year's website, like, by the way, we're giving a glass. But like people in the past had talked about like getting good swag. So yeah. I was curious to see what we were going to get. I was under the impression it was going to be like a taster glass. I did not when, oh. when I when I got handed my shirt and it was nice. tucked in a pint glass, like a nice pint glass. They're like it like bulges out at the yeah. top. It's like a nice pint glass. Yeah, a good the, like we're but neither of us are drinking IPAs, but these are good like IPA pint has glasses. Has the logo on one side with Grotto Pizza, who yes. was sponsors in the after party, and then a Mick Ultra logo on the other side. Indeed, really cool. We also got a T-shirt. It is not a texture. It is a T-shirt. It is a soft, soft t-shirt. It is nice like, t-shirt. It's going into my rotation yes. immediately. Like it, it, I have, I have over the last few years, like realized, like oh, like I want, I want a nice soft t-shirt all the time. So I, when I get one like that, it goes on the top shelf of my, uh, I guess it's a dresser in the closet. Yes, that's where I steal them from. Indeed. Uh, so it's going right onto that shelf. It's going to be worked in the rotation. Really wonderful shirt, fit yes. great, and was yes. very, very soft. Women, I mean, I don't know how many people actually like listen to this with like the intention of doing the race or if you just like hearing us talk. But <laughs> if you're doing the race, the women's shirts did run small. Yes. I got a medium and I was quite happy with a medium and I am typically a small. Yeah. Uh, but I also was very happy. Men, men and women's were different colors. Yours was black, mine was gray. Yep. Uh, I was quite happy with this amount of swag. And then we can skip forward just a little bit. The finish line, they gave you like a visor. Yeah. They, like a running visor that had like the name of the race and said finisher across the back. And I was shocked. I've never been given like a finisher's apparel like that at the finish line. I thought it was so nice. Yeah, I uh, completely missed it when I finished because <laughs> I was out of my mind. Um, but I, 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 I was looking at it again this morning as I unpacked my bag and um, was like looking it over in, uh, in the bathroom where I store all my running hats, and uh, it's wonderful. It's a, I'm it's a, wear it all the time. It's a very high quality visor. I'm not yeah. much of a visor guy. I like them for the summer to run in. Yeah, I'm. Not, I'm not like. I'm not much of a visor guy, but I think it might end up working that one in every now and then uh, on on cloudy days when or something like that. Like I think it's. Uh, 
I think it's pretty pretty slick. So, yeah. Plus, you know, it's got the finisher thing on it. Like the, that. That's always the finisher thing is. That's cool. always a that's always a plus. Yeah. So I was quite impressed with all the swag at this race. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. Their 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 gear, both swag and paid, was really good. Really yeah. high really high quality. I don't even know what the company was that Me made them. Uh, they had. I'm, I can I can picture the logo in my head. It's the same brand that made my Outer Banks quarter zip. Uh, and they made a lot of the quarter zips that were there. Uh, I'm trying to think of it, like Oigo or something like that. Like, there's, uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, but that like, it wasn't like Under Armour, like Baltimore or something like that. But it was like a brand name that I recognized sure. that made good stuff. So, uh, yeah, it was really nice. I thought like the and overall, like people were, people were very nice, very they helpful. Uh, the people inside the convention center all masked up and everything like that. Like, very, felt. Very COVID safe. Uh, they kept people moving in and out, and um, location was easy to find too. Yeah, it was so. super easy. I feel like with these smaller races, you like never quite know. Like I would be bummed to like run a long race and get like nothing from the expo. Right. You know, like you want something, but like I was always like, well, if you do these like small marathons, like is there gear for the race? So I was really happy to see that they had like a pretty wide selection, like men's, women's, unisex. They had like a lot of different stuff. And I, I was happy, especially given the size of the race. Definitely. Uh, so let's talk about our hotel next because that's where we went back to. Yes. Uh, if you're going to do this race, you should stay here just yes. straight up. So we stayed at the Admiral on Baltimore, which is a hotel that is like one building off the boardwalk and roughly around, like you walked out of the, out of the Admiral you turned right on the boardwalk and the f- start and finish line was like half a block away. Like it was yes. right there, which it is was, clutch. You said that I like am crushing it with the race hotels, but like both with Baltimore and with this one, like I don't think it can be overstated how nice it is staying like walking distance to the start and finish yeah. line, especially Huge. doing the races in DC where it's like you need to like Metro to the Pentagon or Metro, like it's just so so nice or you know when we did frederick and we had to get up and drive for two and a half hours mm-hmm. like it is just it was made the weekend so so nice to be both really really close to the race and really close to like everything else we wanted to do yeah absolutely uh hotel looked from the outside like it looked a little like a, a beaten down uh beach motel yeah. like what you kind of expect to find in a east coast beach town but we got inside, and the room was nice. Way nicer than I Way would have expected. Ni- like, it was, it was uh, deceptively nice on the inside. Like, it clear- looked like it had definitely been recently Recently updated, updated yeah. yeah. Uh, which I, I kind of want, like, after, I mean, I think that no matter what, I was happy to have a bed that was that close to the to the start line, and a heater, and a heated room that yep. close to the start line after how cold it was um, on race day. But... Um, I I really appreciated at, like after seeing the room and whatever like the, and how it fit in with like the decor, decor of the town. It felt like like a lot of the hotels down there like look and like all the buildings right off the ocean look a little weather beaten and whatever. Yeah. And I liked that. It, like, it, I took it more as like I didn't take it as a commentary on how like well appointed the hotel was. It was more of like this is the decor here is like weather beaten by the ocean sure. and yeah. like it was nice on the inside had a tv that i could watch the michigan state game on which was great uh and bathtub if but, you're like an ice bath kind of person yep and like but also like 
big mini fridge, which came in handy yep. for our leftovers from King dinner. Bed. King bed. A couch, which was great, so we could each have like a little bit of our own space uh, when we were like laying stuff out, laying stuff out, and then also like you know, like hanging out, uh, digesting from dinner and stuff like that. Uh, just overall, a really great spot. So yeah. and really and just really close to the start line. Like I cannot emphasize that that part enough. Yeah, we had like talked about you know staying at like another place that we thought would be like cooler but farther away. It was a hundred percent the right move yeah. to just be close because. Yeah. You know, it, at a race this small, I think I left the room at like 7.28 for a 7.45 race. Yeah. And within minutes of finishing was back in the room. Yeah. Uh, so it just, it just makes the logistics of everything so, so much easier. The Sands, mm-hmm. where we did not stay. It's across the street. Was right across the street. So another one that I think we, we, we saw, I don't know if you saw it, but when I was walking to the start... Um, I saw a lot of runners coming out of there sure. as well. It was clearly like another kind of like home base uh, yeah. for the race that would also be very, very close. Yeah. But I, if we did it again, I would definitely want to stay at the same place. It was great. Absolutely. Also, uh, Mike, the general manager, is like a cantankerous uh, but really nice guy yeah. who resented that he had to put on the runner's breakfast in the morning, but nonetheless did it and uh, fueled yeah. us up. If you're going to stay there, I would bring your own food. Bring your own. Bring your own. Unless you... Uh, I mean, Unless we were into eating yogurt before you run. Well, we, we we passed on the yogurt. Neither one of us ate the yogurt. Uh, but no, they they did that. I think that's important to note. Yes, that they were like a partner with the race, and so they did have bags down in the lobby. I don't know you. Yeah, you went was, down and got it them. It was like a gift, like a picture, like a gift bag. Uh, but it, for they had, I I couldn't even tell you how many. They they filled up a table with them. Of um, very. It was like a banana. There's a banana. Uh, an apple cinnamon muffin, yep. a clementine, a Nutrigrain bar, and a yogurt. And too many and waters. And too many waters, yep. which were clutch, because actually we ended up using those mini waters as like, you know, like water bottles the rest of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while it was not like the bagel and cream cheese that we usually ate before a run, like... We got the job done. For me, I know you were really anxious ahead of time about whether it would sit... is iffier than yours. Yeah, my mind, I, I, could th- I could eat chicken wings before this race. I probably would have been fine. But uh, True. Uh, I, like, I, ha- I ate it and had no... I felt well-fueled the whole time. I had yep. no... I was not, like, didn't feel like I was missing anything. Like, I thought that it was, um, it was perfect. So that worked out really well. Uh, in in retrospect, it was de- definitely that moment when I went down race morning and looked at it and was like, "This You're is like, I not... have trained with X, Y, and Z for yep. a year, like, and this here is we are. not what I counted on." But okay, uh, so other than that, like that small moment, it was all good. Uh, so great place, really enjoyed it. Was wonderful to stay there the rest of the weekend too. Right, like about like a block off the main drag of Rehoboth Beach, so like yeah. everything was super accessible later on. We drove, which was great because like, I, I was limping around terribly. Right. We, we drove to like two spots yeah that we we drove to one and uber to the other but other than that we could walk everywhere we wanted to exactly. go um so we talked about fueling the morning of but let's we, we skipped over yes. dinner the night before the race um i did a lot of research on carb loading options and we settled on defebos defebos uh i'll look up i i, I thought it was like defebos like there was an l there was no l was there no l it was defebos defebos that sounds right uh, uh very cute Italian place. What, what did you what did you think of your dinner? Uh, it was wonderful. I thought it was really good. I had just a, I, like I had straight up spaghetti and meatballs. I did not want to mess around too much. Uh, but like there was some stuff that looked excellent. Like mm-hmm. there 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 was some 
like a ravioli that intrigued me. There were there was the chicken parmesan looked really good. Like there was a lot of good things that looked good in there. But I was like, keep it easy, spaghetti meatballs, yeah. uh, and, a, and a Caesar salad. And uh, Caesar salad was great. It was like you like felt bad that you could not have like like I ordered it and you were like oh, I don't really want to mess with it and it's good you didn't because it was like drenched in dressing and I was yeah. I was I loved it uh but I got one the next day because I was yeah. so craving a Caesar salad after, after seeing that one, yours yeah. uh but really good food just like like you know like warm you from the inside out uh Italian cooking and like which was good because I was sitting we were sitting uh outside like in the uh in a Te- like kind of plastic ten- walls, plastic walls tented area yeah uh the the breeze the breeze on the we got down there saturday uh sunday wasn't that breezy but saturday but saturday monday and tuesday to a certain extent were all super super windy yeah. so it was kind of cutting through uh but once i started eating that food i was like wh- I, I felt my soul warm like i felt like the grinch with my my heart growing three sizes that day and we, I mean, we were both carb loading, you yep. know, for a marathon, and we still both took home leftovers yeah. from the room. It was Huge big food, serving. Which is great. Um, well, yeah, which is great when you want to... There, there were definitely a number of other runners there. It was very much like the spot to be pre-race night, which was fun. Yeah, it was cool. It was nice to see. Uh, it was funny. The people who were sitting behind us that were, like, asking about the wine list and all this kind of stuff when we were, like, when we were, like, they got there after us... I saw them running the marathon the next day and was like, wow, good wow. for you guys. We did not venture into we that aspect. Of, uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was perfect for the meal. It was the perfect meal that I wanted to have ahead of a long run. And just to emphasize like how close everything is, it was on the same block as our hotel. Yeah. Like it was, everything is very walkable and convenient. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was like a really cute town. Super, super. To kind of walk around. Yeah, absolutely. Especially at night, like there were... A couple different uh, like little side alleys with all these different shops stuff like that that you got pictures of that were really cool. I also just want to say like this race typically happens in April, mm-hmm. but it had been postponed because of COVID. So like I felt really lucky that we got to see this little beach town all dressed up for Christmas and see this gorgeous foliage because this is not a fall race. Right. Um, it, it's really kind of a one off. So I, I felt really, really happy about that. Yeah, it was it was definitely unique. And by the time we left, it was all decorated for Christmas too, which was mm-hmm. really cool. Uh, so let's let's get into it. Yeah, we're, we're thirty minutes into our race review. We haven't talked about the race yet, so let's talk about our uh, our runs a little bit. Your you yours started first, so do you want to go first? Um, I feel like I have a lot more feelings about my okay. run, so maybe I should go last. Okay, because uh, I might drone out. I have feelings. You have good feelings. I have therapy. Um, <laughs> But so let's 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 start with you. Uh, sure. Uh, you went off forty five minutes after I did. Yes. For the, for the half. Um, what was the start like? What was the start line like at that point? Start line was awesome. I mean, it starts and ends on the boardwalk. Yep. Which is just really really cool. You're under this like big sign for a saltwater taffy place that it, it looks like a 1950s beach boardwalk, I imagined, would. Um, But, you know, they have, like, a big arch, and the ocean is right there. The beach is right there. Like, it's really a beautiful place to start. Um, And they did 
they did like Star Spangled Banner and did like a pre-run prayer, which is not something real that I've seen before. Real non-denominational prayer. It was real non-denominational. It was. It was. Uh, it was. It was funny to not. I mean, not funny. I don't want. Funny is not the right word. It was like interesting to hear. Uh, like the start of the prayer was like to whatever higher power you believe in. Yeah. And then like the things that they thank that higher power for were like not the usual things like yeah. sponsors and <laughs> stuff i think it was great they tried to make it inclusive though. yeah it was great uh and i got i mean i am not like a religious person but i got quite emotional because you know i joked that i signed up for this 700 days ago but like i signed up for this race in november of 2019 thinking it was gonna be like my comeback marathon after being hurt and to stand on this start line surrounded by all these people like a start line that I had just been like imagining for so long, even though like, you know, I, as you said, like I didn't do the marathon. I, I signed up for the half instead and punted the marathon to you. But like, I just felt quite emotional, like thankful for the scientists who enabled this to be possible. And just like, it was crazy to be like the girl who signed up for this race had no clue what was coming yeah. for her. Yeah. And to like be standing there and feeling strong and feeling good. Um, you know, we've, I definitely was like emotional at like our first big race back, back after COVID. But this one, especially for me, was like really feeling like kind of coming full circle and closing a chapter on something I opened a long time ago. So yeah. it was a great start. Absolutely. It's definitely, I think, uh, I remember getting like, detailed slacks from you or uh, gchats from you about plans for this weekend back before christmas in 2019 so like yep. it had been a long time in the planning yes. uh did the first few miles live up to expectations yes i thought i do feel like our reviews are going to be like jekyll and hyde um <laughs> i thought the race was just gorgeous so you start for the, the half marathon which largely mirrors the beginning of the marathon yes. course. Um, you started off and you made like a little dipsy doodle through neighborhoods. Uh, no one was out. Yeah. There, there were like no, like Baltimore, everyone was out of their homes. No Nobody. one was really out cheering. But, you know, really cute beach houses. That was something that they to they said in the race description. At least I, I remember seeing for the marathon, like like it was like a lot of this, it, it, told, it said like a lot of this race is on boardwalks and park trails like that. So don't count on a lot of crowd huh. support. And um, even in the areas where there were people, but this is also a beach town out of season. So I imagine right. the, a lot of those house, houses might not have had people in them. But yeah. yes, crowd support was uh, in large part yes. pretty lacking. Yes. Um, so you run like maybe the first mile and a half in the neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the half marathon, you are just along the ocean and then you go into cape henlopen state park you're on the gordon's pond trail mm -hmm. um which was some of the trails were pavement some were like a crushed gravel some was like an elevated boardwalk mm -hmm. but i mean just like the like water and the fire towers in the distance on the beach and like reeds everywhere and you ran through these like beautiful pine forests with like sand all around and like i'm someone who loves the beach so i feel like this race was designed for me but i i finished i was like that's the most beautiful course i've ever run like puts like i mean I've, i feel like i've mostly done like city races and like but like even disney i think this course 
was like more visually impressive. Wow. Disney are on the highways a lot, but they right. do like cool stuff. But it was just like every step of it, I was just looking around like this is gorgeous. Right. I was a huge, huge fan. Yeah. Um, just found it really, really scenic. Uh, we live in a hilly area. What did you make of this this different terrain? Yeah, it was quite flat. <laughs> uh, I had a hundred feet of elevation gain over. 13 my watch had me at 13.3 miles um so like you like my normal three mile route here has significantly more yeah than that uh so it was great i felt really strong powering up the hills kind of the converse of it is that there weren't a lot of downhills to mm-hmm. sort of coast on but i just felt like i could just run and run and run um it felt really nice to not you know be running and sort of get hit by a wall when a hill comes up um i i had i mean we we talked a lot about my race event on this and the the short story is that i had no clue really what i was gonna do i I was just gonna like run hard and hope for the best go for it yeah um and i went out at like a just under 10 minute pace which felt like a three out of five. I was like, this is like the effort level I think I want to be at, but definitely had some concerns. I kind of like did that the first mile and I was like, well, I don't want to like slow down. Like we're just going to hang with this as long as we can. Um, And I think I managed to hang on to that pace kind of consistently throughout the race. And I think part of the reason is because there were very few hills. Like I think the flat terrain is really what enabled me not that I wouldn't have run a strong race either way, but I do think like right. kind of it, it allowed me to run pretty even splits because it was pretty even right. terrain. Right. Uh, you did have a couple complaints about the course. I did. Uh, particularly the the lack of mile markers, I think. Yeah. So it was, you, you kind of, you, you went out six or so miles and kind of made this loop around and then came back the same way you were. So you're running on these boardwalks, which are not that wide, and you have people coming both ways. So I get it, but I was running a mile and then walking a minute, and I was running, like timing that based on the mile markers, not by my watch. And on the skinny boardwalk, there like mustn't have been room to have a mile marker. So they just like skipped the ninth mile marker, um, which was difficult. I just wish I had known so i could have gone based off my watch but i was running and got to like nine and a half miles and was like oh my god am i this far over on my watch and then another woman who was running was like did you see a mile marker i'm like no i'm like okay like we both didn't miss it like it mustn't just be here um but that was something you know because they were pretty consistent throughout so it was weird to just not have one right uh and what did you make of the finish, right? Your the the end of it, I believe, for you guys, just you you came straight down onto the boardwalk. There yes. was like the I think for the end of the marathon, we dipsy doodle through the neighborhoods again a little right. bit. Right. You didn't do any of that. You just went straight in. Yeah, we came out of this like beautiful park and just went straight on the boardwalk, and it was awesome to be running on the boardwalk. You could see the finish line for a while, which is always hard for me because I'm always like, yeah. I'll kick when I see the finish, but when you can see the finish with like a quarter mile to go, it's it's a little early for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was tricky, but it was just beautiful. And I like still felt really strong and kind of was really racing this girl next to me to the finish, which made it 
really fun kind of the two of us sprinting it out can i just jump in and just talk about uh talk about how awesome i am go for it well yes of course but the um the photos that came through one of the awesome talk about the swag uh, all the photos yes. from this race are were free to download and so like nice. really really cool. And you can add like your finish time to them yeah. too in the corner, which is super nice. Uh, so you you got a bunch of uh, photos uh, at the end of the race, and you were able to like kind of narrate what was happening to me or hap- like what was happening uh, yeah. about you know you racing this girl and you're and she you are running with this like serious look on your face and like you you smiled at the very like coming over the finish line. Yeah, but. She is running behind you. I don't know if she... I guess she talked to you afterwards and like she knew that you were like trying to outpace her. But she she looks smiley yeah. and happy and just in, like in the moment. And you're like, I'm going to get there. I'm yeah. not going to beat her. <laughs> well, she like kind of started to kick and was like right next to me. And I was like, she looks like she's in my age group. Like there's no effing way. Uh, so then I just took off. And when we finished, she was like, oh, like, you know, you know, you have an extra gear. Um, But it was it was a nice size race in that, like, you know, that happened. And after I finished, another woman who I had been kind of leapfrogging a lot throughout was like, I was pacing off you. So, like, you were with a lot of the same people for a lot of it, which was really nice. Um, But, yeah, I I was definitely like wiped at the finish. It was the hardest I've run. It was my fastest half marathon since my PR in 20. 16. It was right before I met you. Yeah, that seems right. Um, so yeah, it was, I finished in 2.12.48. That's great. I ran really even splits and I felt like really good. It was, it was not, I mean, it was what, 14 minutes slower than my PR? Like it, it was not a PR, but it felt really good. I felt strong. It felt good to like race and yeah. not just, I mean, Baltimore was so fun to like, run and like you know but but take it easy and have fun and like not feel like i want to die on the hills this was good to be like i'm gonna go out and like be competitive and see what i can do so i felt like really really happy um with with how the race went and just just had a blast really uh crossed the finish line went down literally like walked around the people handing got my medal Mm-hmm. Medals are gorgeous. Gorgeous medals. Really they cool have medals. like scenes from the course with um, like a stained glass backdrop. Yeah. They're very, very pretty. Um, but walked like around the people handing out the medals and was on the beach. Yeah. Like it's right there. Um, yeah. And then was able to go back to the hotel room and change and warm up before I met you. So yes. it, w- it was a great run for me. It feels like it was the start of uh, like it closed one book, but definitely like uh started another and like has it seems like a new not to do too many reading metaphors here but like a new chapter in your running here we talked about it as sort of like you've come off the bot like if 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 progress is a bell curve you like went up one like you know in maybe 2015 2016 uh even before that and then came down through after running the marine corps and like like you have not really been enjoying running for like a ton for almost the better part of three years i've been doing it there's, there there's, have been good runs but i have not been having a blast right I, I there have been very few runs where i'm like this feels good and like i feel like i can like I, I like really had that runner's high right which is not something i had a lot yes and then uh it's, it feels like with between baltimore and and this uh 
you know, your times are starting to get better, but also you're having a lot more fun, fun running, which uh, means that you're going to um, take out, you know, you, you have fun running, you take on more ambitious goals, you push yourself harder, you, uh, you train better. And so I think that that's something that uh, is, I'm looking forward to that coming up in the future for you. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to do like a full end of 2021 like recap episode at some point but I do really feel like this year I don't know like some things have just clicked for me like things that I should have known and should have accepted before yeah um but I've just sort of clicked in like the way I've approached my running and approached my training and approached my racing um and it's just been cool to see that come together and I hope to ride this wave for as long as it lasts there you go (laughs) absolutely uh your race. All right. Well, let's get it out of the way first. Um, I went into this race wanting to break four hours. I did not do that. Uh, when I realized I wasn't going to do that, I wanted to get a new PR. I did not do that. Uh, I ran a 405.04, which is 32 seconds off my PR and is five minutes and four seconds off of four hours. So I didn't do what I set out to do which is a bummer but uh i think i gave i mean i gave everything that i had uh to try and make it happen and it didn't happen but also um i gave everything that i had and was stronger than i was at the end of my pr race yes which gives me hope so um that being said let's let's get into it yeah talk a little bit about the marathon i sort of went over the first half of the course yeah did did you think what did you think at the beginning and then what happened so it's a it's a race of for me like almost i mean i feel like it's it's kind of cliche to say that like you know a marathon is like the first 20 miles and then the last six so this was very much though like the first 10 miles, the second 10 miles, and then the last, the last six. six sure. uh, so for the first 10 miles, I am in the same boat as you. Not only like the first, because I think you did the, about the first six miles of the, of the um, mm-hmm. marathon course. Even beyond that, uh, we continued off into this, like, a different part of that park. Like I think the, you know, the more northern, northwestern part of that park. And just running through these coastal marshes and uh, actually I should start off at the very beginning because this is maybe the very beginning is the coolest part of of my race um sun sunrise the the race started at seven sunrise because I looked up my weather app and incessantly the day before was at 6 48 a.m uh so I got out to the start line at 6 30 and um was listening to I I I was very conscious of trying not to go out too fast because I knew how hyped up I was going to be. I was like wired so tightly uh, for like the three days leading up to it that I knew that I was going to like, if I if I had music on or whatever, yeah. I would have just gone out like a rocket and like burn myself out. So I, um, I listened to a Peloton a long run meditation. As the sun is coming up over the Atlantic, uh, I was like, watching the sunrise through like some reeds that were coming off a dune and it was just it was beautiful and as much as i like it was very calming to listen to this but at the same time i was like it my 
my mindset was like head is clear ready to go focused just like and so like even in my with the best of intentions i was still like amped up at the beginning of this uh yeah so i was it was exciting and i was like ready to go um how many people are running the marathon are you in more than one corral to start uh it was hard to tell like they they basically i, I was around a bunch of people that had the corral one on their bib but like they they went off with like the um uh runners who were or like the, the participants who were like in wheelchairs or in the there were some recumbent bicyclists um they went off first at like seven o'clock and then the runners went off at like 702 so um i could not tell they if announced they were, at the beginning of mine like we're gonna do three corrals one minute apart they didn't announce any of that okay so it was just like like they went off like the first little group went off and then we went off so um yeah the first bit of the race first 10 miles of, the, of this race were like you like exactly like you said really beautiful marshes great views of the atlantic great views of the um just the this the, the natural like beach landscape and everything just really Some cool birds like yep. seabirds it was just awesome a lot of like this and, and the whole time you know the sun's coming up so it's like uh just like really cotton candy skies and like just quite beautiful and like um it was it was just it was great it was a really like awesome way to start the race that's also like of course the best i felt all day so i was like starting off and like in a really good headspace uh i was running with two watches <laughs> i had my because i was i was not sure my apple watch was going to wa uh last the whole time so i brought my old garmin out uh but i used that to my advantage and tried to i had a race plan you always encourage me to make a to make a plan for my races so i actually did this time i tried to run um a little bit slower to warm the first three miles and then get to like goal pace from three to seven which was nine minute miles and then slow down a little bit from mile seven to twelve where 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 the, all like the most hills were in this race uh and i say that like laughingly because there was 210 feet of elevation gain throughout this 26.2 mile race uh i get more than that on like a three mile run here um so I, and then like the rest of the time I was like, get to nine minutes and hang on. Uh, so I was able to pace myself with one watch and then kind of keep my heart rate and all the usual metrics I run with on my Apple watch, which was nice. Uh, I started off, like I ran really consistent miles for about 17 miles. Mm -hmm. um, but I found it to be a much bigger mental struggle once we left that state park. Uh, after mile 10 or so, we left the state park and we got onto uh, just this long open road. Uh, and it was like into the wind uh, a lot. Like the wind wasn't up as high as it was the day before, but it was in your face. And, um, you know, you just kept going. Like it was just straight. Like you're there were, you know, after a lot of turns and like, you know, kind of like mentally engaging parts yeah. in that in that in the park, you suddenly just go into like, okay, you're on a road and you're running straight for a long time. So that was kind of tough. Uh, and like, it felt like a lot of at that point was when I felt like, oh, okay, like the pre the, like the the early part of the run buzz and like fun, like that that's fading away now. And um, then, you know, at some point, I think it was 
uh, I, I think you ran, we ran down that road to the town of Lewis, mm-hmm. uh, which I award, um, yeah, actually I'll award like this, like there were, that's probably the place where there was the most spectators. There was some people out there were cheering and stuff like that. Uh, but like the, for the town of Lewis, the government of Lewis, I give you zero points because none of the roads were closed off. And that was really weird. Like it was, and it wasn't like, um, the roads were clearly marked in other places where the roads were not closed like there were cones where it's like okay here's where the runners are sure uh this was just like there is there were bike lanes on either side of the road and you're running like you're running in the bike lanes and then suddenly like you just hear a car like coming up the middle of the road and like some runners are like getting out into the lane because it's not clear that the roads close off or not uh, so Jeez. it was, it was like disorienting and not re- like really not cool For, yeah. you know, when you're used to running, especially in city races where like the roads are closed off or at least one half of the road is closed off. In Outer Banks, the road wasn't completely closed, but you guys had a clearly marked lane. You had a whole that didn't lane. Seem to yeah. bother you. No, this was, this was weird. Cause there'd be times when you're like, Oh, I'm just going to get out into the, sh- I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to run off in the, I don't want to run in the shoulder. Because in the shoulder, there might be debris or there might be potholes or something like that. I'm going to run. The road is slanted there. Right. The road's slanted. So you want to run more in the middle. And then there's like an SUV coming by. Or at other points, like cars turning. Or like, you know, you're, you're running across the street and you see a car like rolling up. And you're, you know, you don't want to stop because you're racing. But like you're used to when you're training or out for a run, like you see a car rolling up, you stop and you wait for it to go by. Like, you're fighting that mental part of it. So, yeah. like, that was not my favorite. Uh, but just, like, the, that kind of meant... At, at that point, too, uh, I'm starting to see my, like, heart rate getting a bit more above where it had been. Like, I had been, I had been doing a good job of keeping it at a really manageable level. I was seeing, the like, the base heart rate uh, escalate a little bit. I was seeing my... Uh, you know, I was trying to run nine minute miles and I wasn't cool. I was like around nine ten, nine eleven, nine fifteen in that area. And I'm starting to see that happen. So I'm like, okay, like this is like you're getting away from it. Like you need to kind of speed up while also getting your heart rate back down. Like you're, you're fighting these men- you're fighting these mental battles against right. yourself and then also focusing on like, why is this car here? Uh so that uh that was not fun. And then you leave the town of Lewis and we talked about this with a, uh, a guy we met at the post-race party. There is a section from lof- roughly mile like 17 to mile 20 um, where you run the same stretch of road three times. Uh, looping around. You're not looping just going back So essentially like you run out of Lewis, uh, you're along another long straight road that's kind of, I think, the, I can't remember if it was into the wind or if it was a crosswind or whatever, but it wasn't great. Um, and then, so you're running on a long straight road and you take a turn and then you run along the road and then you turn off the road onto a bike path, which you take back along, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's down below. So you're now, like, you're on a bike path below the road and... You take that probably like a half mile past, you know, back down to where you just ran. And then you cross under a tunnel under the road you ran under. And then you run back up alongside it on the other Mm -hmm. side of that road. And uh, along this stretch, 
there's like a barbecue restaurant that's like smoking meats and there's like smoke in the air which is at you know at mile 16 or uh, actually i'm sorry that was like mile yeah like mile 18 mile 19 of a marathon you suddenly don't really want to smell smoke and like i'm like who's smoking a cigarette out here but it was you know usually barbecue great but it was not it was not um cool to like have that be hitting my lungs at that point in the race. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it didn't have any effect on me whatsoever, but it was mentally not ideal. Yeah. Um, and so that 10 miles was, you know, like the opposite of the first 10. The first 10 right. were like great through kind of nature and beautiful and all this stuff. And then the second 10 were like, there was no, lo- like no longer beach stuff to look at. You're far, you're far away from the ocean. Uh, you're just kind of running along open roads and that kind of thing. And like the, the foliage was great, really beautiful time of the year there. But it was, um, that was when like it started to turn, it turned into a huge grind at that point. And, um, that was also like around mile 17 is when I started to realize like your times, you're, you're not able to keep the same pace that you need to keep. So like what what is your headspace when you realize that and at my, if you realize this is mile seventeen you have nine miles yeah. to go like how, how do you approach the rest of the race when you know that your a goal is out of reach so at that point I'm starting to think okay um, like I'm doing the math in my head over you know over and over and over again and I'm like okay so like even if you run so like at that point like you know let's say you run nine minute miles the rest of the time. Um, like, do you have enough time? Like, is there enough time there to, if you run nine miles, the rest, uh, you know, what if you run nine and a half minute miles? Like what, like, you know, kind of like doing these mental games and just trying to be like, trying to keep pushing your body to uh, keep the same pace and like fight off this like urge to slow down or like, or like this imperceptible, like at, at points there, there was, I was like, I would have been laughing to myself if I wasn't like screaming, you know, like <laughs> in, in my head uh, throughout the last half of the race. Cause I was running at what felt like the same effort to mm-hmm. run my nine minute miles. I was running at the beginning of the race, uh, but I was going at nine, like my pace on my watch at like nine forty five, nine not you know, nine fifty whatever. And like what felt like a sprint got me to like a nine or not like a sprint, but like, you know, if I felt like I was going eight out of 10, yeah. I would have been doing eight twenty at mile one, but I was doing nine twenty nine fifteen at mile 22 or 23. So I was like, this is like really ironic that like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm giving the same effort, but that effort is not giving me as much in return now. Sure. So, um, I was kind of realizing that and just kind of like, okay, well, okay. So you have to give more, like push, put you either give a little more and like, uh, figure it out. And so I, I, I like after after mile twenty, you head um, start heading back toward Rehoboth, and you enter again like some more like forests and um, and like some kind of more like there, you ran through some neighborhoods, but like you're no longer on open road. Mm-hmm. You're n- you're now like much you're much more sheltered from the wind, which was great, and um, starting to get along bike paths again, which was nice. Uh, so at that point, I'm like. Okay, what do you got? And I realized at about mile 22, I'm like, okay, four hours is gone. Like, you're not, like, that's not going to happen. You're, there's not enough in the tank. And, like, I'm looking at my heart rate, like, 
getting more elevated as I like try to push harder and I'm like you're not going to be able to run like the next four miles with a heart rate of like 168 like that's just like you're going to need to dial it back a little bit um so I start to realize then I'm like but I'm like okay but you're not going to miss four four hours by that much and so you can still get your PR. Like, you can still get a new PR. You so, knew your PR going into this. Yeah, I knew it was like 404 something. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew okay. it was 404 something. So I'm like, okay, so 403 is the new goal. Like, you're going to get around 403. And uh, I thought that was in range until um, basically like mile 25 and a half. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, at, from mile 22 on, I, I, I think I walked frequently, like more frequently than I had in past marathons, but I was... Um, really being strict with myself about how long I was letting myself walk. So I'd like walk for 15 seconds or 30 seconds and then I'd get back. And like, cause in past marathons I'd like start walking and it's like, you're walking now. Like you're, you're the main thing that like got me through my first and like definitely like the, the last three miles of Outer Banks, like I walked a lot. So I was like, you're trying like you're trying for a time goal today like if you start walking a ton you're not going to get there so like walk a little bit catch your breath get going and uh I, that was working for a while and then uh at mile 25 i was like actually i think it was like mile 24 i was like what do you got like what's left in the tank now and those were my two fastest miles that i had had since mile 17 like i think that like uh, I brought it back. I brought my pace back to like nine twenty nine fifteen or so, which is like what I was running earlier in the race. But at that point, it was. I mean, I felt I was giving if I was giving nine out of ten effort then because I, I gave ten out of ten effort later on. Uh, but I was giving it all I had, and um, it was, you know, it was like it was hard. Like it just it was just hard because um, I'm like getting increasingly desperate in my head like I'm, I'm starting to watch the time go away and I'm no and I know that like here's how much time I have left and like I at one point I was like you know I got to mile 25 or not long after mile 25 I see that I had it was like I was at 353 or whatever or 354 and I'm like you're definitely not gonna run this in you're not gonna run you're not gonna run a mile in six minutes you you can't do that on fresh legs so like you're not that that's definitely gone and that was a mental hit to like actually know like you know what your body can do you see what the time is like it's gone um even though i had started coming to grips with it miles before and then uh at mile 25 i was like okay like everything now and once i was like the the deal i made myself is once you hit the wood of the boardwalk you're sprinting whatever counts as a sprint now you're sprinting and uh, so I hit the boardwalk and I did everything I could. Uh, and like the one thing I regret from this race is that you very kindly came down to the boardwalk to, cho- to cheer me on as I, um, as I like, like you, you were going to uh, run with me down the boardwalk as I tried to finish. Uh, I am at I was, this. I was just trying to keep your spirit. You, you were. And it was very kind of you. I was, I, I, I called it my lizard brain. Like I was just at this point, like as desperate as I have been for like any athletic accomplishment in my life at this point. Like I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm giving more 
more energy and effort than I have given like anything in decades, like probably since I was like in high school baseball and uh, the beginning of that when I still cared. Uh, and I am like, some, I, I like <laughs> yelled at you. You were like, started, you started to run with me. I was just like, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Cause yeah, I just, no, pe- people thought, people must have thought I was like stalking you. People thought, yeah, people, or, or thought I was just a huge jerk, which I was in that moment. I'm not going to pretend I wasn't, but I was just like, I was very much like, I was in a battle with myself and like, yeah. I was, tr- I was so locked in this place of like, just like screaming, push it at myself. I was like just going. trying to be on your side in the battle. And you were. And I appreciate it. it. I also offered help in a way that was not helpful to you and was not appreciated by you. So it, we, it, I, I think we learned a, a lot about each other's racing it personalities. Is, it is appreciated by me. Now. Normal me. <laughs> sure. uh, like three hours and 58 minutes into a marathon or three hours, 59 minutes into a marathon or whatever it was, Kyle was not uh, in his best headspace at that moment. So uh, I sprinted down the boardwalk uh, as much you know like I, again like I said as much as I could count as a sprint but like I could hear myself breathing over my music it was so loud and um, yeah just it wasn't enough like it just came up a little short uh, which is something that like I think you have to deal with in this sport now you know like like you're not now but like just in general like yeah sometimes like I think back and and it's not you know I don't think that like I don't think it was anything that I did that day. I think I ran the best race I could. I think I prepared the best way I could. I think that like, I had a, I had a good feeling back in August that I probably wasn't going to break four because of how my trading was going. So I think right. that I, I had known, I had had a feeling for a long time that that goal might not be attainable. And, no. um, well, yeah, yeah, now. yeah. It was, wasn't attainable, attainable, wasn't attainable for this race. Yes, and um, I thought I had got it back. I thought that like I had, I thought I could do it, and uh, I just came up a little short. So, but I don't think it. But it was not like it wasn't a disaster. I did not completely like. I didn't like DNF uh, or didn't hurt myself or anything like that when I was trying to do this. So, like, I think that it's still there in the future. Um, but I have some work to do to like get my, I, I need to put in a much better training cycle than I did for this one. Uh, I think that like, if I, if I had actually run Marine Corps, like I was planning to, there's no way I, w- I wouldn't even been close to this. So like the fact that it was a flat course really helped me out here. So, um, if I want to do it again in the future, I'm going to need to train better and give it, um, you know, try a little bit harder in the weeks and months ahead of time. So it sounds like you've thought a little about sort of what you would do differently, how you might approach stuff differently, but I'm wondering sort of how much introspection you've done and like if you've sort of looked at the race and been like, I would do A, B, and C differently, or if you haven't delved that deep yet, if it's more sort of a surface level. I, for, so it's, I mean, no, I've obsessed about it. I think that I ran as well as I could have run on November 14th, 2021. Uh, I think 
I like I, I my training. I, I was just thinking about this a second ago. Like, oftentimes when uh, when there's a war and there's a final battle, like one side loses, one side wins, the war is over. But like that's not when that's not the thing that actually decides the war, right? Like a, a something sure. some some something has happened in the preparation that like has like. Germany in World War II was defeated at the Battle of Berlin, but really, like, years before the things had been set in motion that ended World War II for, for the Germans. Uh, for me, I think that, like, the problems with my... The, pro- the, the things that led me to be a little bit short uh, happened weeks and months ago. I think that um, I had not... I mean, it's well documented on here. <laughs> I had not been super happy with my training uh, all summer, and I didn't really feel good for a lot of it. I don't, you know, in at by the end of it, I think that like I felt I, in, I'm in as good a cardiovascular shape as I as I have been. Um, I think that like my diet hasn't been particularly. I mean, I will say. The food you make, the, the food you make for me is excellent. And like, but like, I also, we, I also like have been eating these free lunches at work in the office that like probably aren't super healthy. And I've like, uh, been doing some other, you know, like we've had some really good, good trips and stuff mm-hmm. that like, where I'm like, well, I'm just gonna eat all these burgers and fries for like a weekend or whatever. And like, I think that, um, that mixed with like, some really crap runs uh, that happened back in like July and August uh, and September for the most part. Like that's three, like I didn't really feel good about my training until October. Right. And that's three, you know, that's the fourth month of a, th- of a four month training cycle. Right. So I think that, um, and, and like, I, I do wonder if it's because I spent so much time. Like I, I started thinking about this in yeah. January. You, you laid out. Yeah. Like January first, this is the training. This is every workout I'm going to do between now and Marine Corps at that time. And I think that I might like, I think that that fatigue maybe set in or like maybe mental I, or physical or both. Bo- both. Okay. I think like I have felt you know like, I think I think I also. My my plan to do like base training and like uh, speed work and that kind of thing um, got me away from doing some more endurance runs for basically like six months, and so from like I'm thinking back to other other marathon trainings that uh, plans I've started, I would be starting from a baseline of like almost running a half marathon right. on the weekends, and or at least. 10 to 12 miles and I was starting from a base of running eight mile long runs Mm -hmm. and so like my long runs really sucked getting started because I was like rebuilding this and I had been focusing so much on other things other parts of my fitness that and I'm starting to think realize this more as I like I as we listen to running podcasts and talk about Molly Molly Seidel and uh uh Grayson Murphy uh Murray Murphy Murphy. Murphy. I, I made him listen to all my favorite uh, women runners on the way up. Right. But we were listening to this podcast and I was like, part of, I think part of my 
issue with, and I realized this afterward, is like part of my issue is this, is that like they do very specific mm-hmm. trainings for, you know, like Grayson Murphy was talking about like, okay, if I want to train for a marathon, I need to not run up mountains for a little while or I need to not do the steeplechase or something like to that effect. And I'm like, okay, like I definitely tried to have it all for a while. And I think that the, the Peloton helped, but like, I don't know enough necessarily Orange, Orange Theory did. I don't know if like burning the candle at both ends to make sure that that, that, that part of it worked. Um, I don't know if like, if I was going, if I was training for an endurance race in, that was going to happen in October, I should have, should I have been doing more endurance training in the months before? And like, cause I, I don't think, I don't know, like, I don't know if all that, I, I don't know if all of it was smart. I don't sure. want to say it, I don't want to say that it didn't pay off because like I ran the second best marathon of my life by, you know, like and it was 32 seconds off of my best marathon. So like clearly like that's fitness, but I don't know if I should, I, maybe I should have focused more. I, I was only running sometimes once or twice a week, even like, you know, I, I, I was, maybe I should have done more focused on, you know, endurance running as opposed to a lot of like mixing it all around and do, trying to do all around uh, training with the Peloton, with uh, Orange Theory, with, uh, you know, with running here, like doing some kind of intense short runs and then longer runs. Like I, maybe I should have specialized more and, and hyper-focused more. And maybe that's something I'm going to take f- forward going in the future is that like when it's time, like there's got to be a time for all around fitness. And then if I really want to go after this again, I kind of need to like, maybe I need to give up the Peloton or give up other things for a little bit and like focus on endurance running and so I think that's what I take away from it. Like, I don't think, I don't think there's anything I could have done. I think I ran as, I, I ran the smartest race of my life. Uh, I ran some of the most like consistent miles. You ran the smartest race of your life, but you still finished. And you're like, oh, I feel like I should have banked time though. I'm like, no, I know. don't do that's that. A, that's the thing. I definitely, I definitely finished and was like, well, I should have done like, this, this running stupid worked for me before. I should have done it again. Uh, <laughs> But like I, I, I recognize like I went in with a game plan. I executed my game plan to the best of my ability. Yep. And the the reasons that I like like my you know, from mile twelve on, I was like, run as close to nine minute miles as you can. Uh and I pushed my body to its absolute limit to do that. And like I don't think I could have done anything more on race day. So and I like I fueled right, I hydrated right. I ran smart. It just like I wasn't starting with the best body I could have. Sure. No, I, I think you definitely ran the like the best race that you were prepared to run. Yeah. On that day, but it sounds and like again, you ran like a four oh five marathon. Like we had a beautiful day. Right. Uh, but it does sound like you have some smart lessons learned that you can incorporate into training going forward if yeah. you so choose. There's definitely some takeaways from it, and like yeah. Considering like this is my fifth marathon, my fourth in person. Mm-hmm. The first three went like just wanted to finish, wanted to be faster, wanted to you know wanted to beat that, and then like halfway through that race, I was like I want to break four hours as I was doing it. Uh, 
So like there was some real linear progression yep. on that. And like it is not it is not normal to expect real linear progression in like I am not going to keep getting faster and faster and then by the time I'm like 60 be running a 2-hour marathon. Like that's not how it's going to work. Like your body like fitness is not linear. Uh so uh, like I I accept that like I went out and I did the best I could that day. But uh, there will be a day in the future when I'm going to be able to go out and I'm going to be able to do better. And so I just need to, like, I'm going to take some time to regroup. I mm-hmm. don't think I'm going to run a marathon next year. Uh, I'm going to work on, like, I'll do the all around. Like, I, like right now, my energy, my, my focus was not on running. Like, my, my, I wanted to do more all around things. That's where my, like, my mental desires were wanted to be at. Right. Uh, but, like, I was doing while I was training for a marathon. Uh, so now I can like indulge those things a little bit more. Uh, I can do some more strength training, can do some more, like I really enjoy riding the Peloton. I want to do that more. So, um, and like running will still be a part of my fitness, obviously. But like when it times to, when it's time in the future to train for another marathon, like I'm going to focus really hard on tra- like training for that marathon sure. as opposed to like, well, I want to do it all. So, yeah. So we talked a lot, but let's talk yeah. really quickly about the after party. Was I was really impressed that you like rebounded quite quickly from your disappointment and really were like quite a lot of fun at the after party. We had a great time. We did. Uh, so it was at Grotto's Pizza. Which is apparently like a thing in Delaware. They're everywhere. Not only in Delaware, they're a th- like a huge thing on the boardwalk. Like there's, there was one. There were uh, three of them. So if, if Rehoboth... Picture, if you will, the middle of this boardwalk is Rehoboth Avenue. It's a, you know, it's an avenue. There is a big, uh, bull of, you know, big uh, island in the middle of the street, and there's one way on one side, one on, on the south side of Rehoboth Avenue. There's a Grotto's Pizza. On the north side of Rehoboth Avenue, there's a Grotto's Pizza. If you walk three storefronts down on Rehoboth Avenue toward inland. There's a Grotto's Pizza. There is just a As Grotto's said, Pizza everywhere. There were three of them. <laughs> it's crazy. But like, but like, I want to. I need to. No. I think it needs to be emphasized how close in proximity they are to each yes. other. Like, like, you could sit. They were very, very. You could close. stand in the middle of the boardwalk and you see all three Grotto's Pizza yes. in your field of vision. It's yes. crazy. Uh, yes. So. It was it was it was a really nice setup. They had they had a great spread. They had uh, all you could eat pizza, lots of pizza, and salad, chicken and tenders, chicken tenders, and uh, each runner got two uh, beer tickets, three. three three beer tickets, and then I don't know what it is about me, but as I as we walked in, uh, a lady who was walking out looked at me and just handed me uh, her two of her beer tickets. So we had an extra two, which was great. Uh, so uh, we they had good beer. We enjoyed some uh, Kona Big Wave, Kona and Land and Lansh- the Landshark Lager, and, and well, we did not have the Mikultra we did not have the because we talked you so much trash about Mikultra. So uh, they had but good beer. They had good beer. The restaurant was crowded, mm-hmm. but they had a really nice um, like patio area that they had all set up for us, and they had like a whole spread of food outside for a while. It started getting cold, and they moved everything inside. Um, but it was great, like lots of food, lots of drink. I feel like with a lot of these races, people don't really actually participate in the after party, but with this one, like people really did. And it was nice to like chat with some other runners about their races. And, uh, there were a ton of people in like 
Boston and New York jackets, and yeah. one person had run DC Rock and Roll the day before, so a half on Saturday and a full on Sunday. Crazy. So it was fun to like look at everyone and be like, those people are nuts. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely it was an intense runner crew, which yeah. is cool to see. It was um, uh, so it was really nice, and like uh, we met a guy uh, named Dave who had uh, flown in from Arkansas the day before, ran the race, and was flying out that night to go home. He's running. Uh, he had to check Delaware off on his all 50 states yep. that he's trying to run a marathon in. Had a nice long conversation with him, and um, pizza was good. Chicken tenders were great. Uh, so it was a lovely after party. It was. It was good to decompress, too. And, like, again, let's just emphasize, again, how nice it was to have a hotel room close to the to the finish line. Yeah. Because after I tracked you down, uh, because I felt super bad about yelling at you that I was, like... I was like, mad, so I just took off with all those dry clothes. Yes, yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, and I and I uh, I didn't want to text her and be like hi where are you uh, I'm sorry I yelled so I was like trying to find her on my own and it just failed I think I walked another half mile after my race um, I uh, we went back to the hotel room and like I was because I at my initial plan was like okay we'll go to the finish line festival I'll change my shirt and stuff and I'll go in the shorts I ran in yeah nope it was I it mean was cold. Yeah, I think when it started, when the race started, it was around 37 degrees. It was like 45 by the time it finished with the wind. So I went back. I was just freezing. I ran in a t-shirt um, and like a, an a undershirt. Yeah. And so we, I went back, got to change, put on, uh, put on my joggers and uh, my and some compression shorts and uh, my recovery sandals, and then like a long sleeve shirt, a quarter zip, and my big puffy coat because I yeah. was just like just losing all like they did not have like the the foil blankets or whatever but i was losing right. a lot of body heat so i was like i'm just gonna put all this on uh which was great because i was very warm and we walked over i enjoyed a couple slices of pizza and uh you had a few chicken tenders i smelled all the pizza smelled all the pizza uh and it, and it was a good it was a great way to decompress i like i said like and like i told you then like one of the weird things about running is that, like, it's not like in uh, basketball when you when you can lose on a last second shot and you think you're about to win until the very last second. Right. Like, I kind of knew that the goal I had set out for myself at the end of the day, I knew that that was gone uh, 45 to 50 minutes before I crossed that finish line. So I had a lot of time to like, you know, uh, to work through that in my head and like and process it. So it was nice to like decompress and like. Also, a lot of that pre-race anxiety is just washing off you, yep. which is nice to feel too. Uh, so it was good to have like, I think we had three beers and sit outside in the yeah. sun for a bit, and like, it was it was a really lovely afternoon. So I thought great it was spot. nice that you, our our friend Dave, that we met there, that you got to like chat with someone else who had run the marathon and be like, like you guys were both cursing this part in the course where you just kept running the same yeah. bit of road. It was like a really nice community i feel like normally yeah. at those things we don't talk to other people yeah um but it was really nice i think to sort of like debrief yeah with absolutely. other people who had run the same race yeah it really was um and it was it was a nice way to end like the the race portion mm -hmm. of the weekend i it was really funny to just see like the, the town felt very full on saturday with yes. all the re runners and everything and then sunday obviously felt very full and then, like, by the time we left that Finnish festival, it felt like it was starting to empty out again yes. to, like, off-season beach towns. So it definitely felt like the end of the running part of the trip and the beginning of the beer-drinking part of exactly. the trip. Exactly. Uh, so it was, um, overall, though, like, I, 
if we were to go back, I would do the half again. Yeah. All right. I guess I guess I did part of the half. Like I would do the half yeah. as opposed to doing the full. Um, if you're looking to do a fast marathon, it's a great spot for it. My complaints about the se- the second ten miles aside, like it is flat, open, and like you can not too crowded. Not like not. It was real crowded the first like mile, and then opened up a lot. Like you had all the space you could possibly need. So it was, um, you know, if you're if you're looking for if you're looking to qualify for Boston and you need a fast time, like Rehoboth Beach, uh, the Coastal Delaware Running Festival is a great spot for it because you can fly. Um, but yeah, it, it was... So I, I, but I think the first half of the race is like, it's worth traveling for. Like, yes. I, I, would, I would travel back for the half marathon in a, in a, you know, if it wasn't on the same weekend as a race we're thinking about doing next year, like I would, I'd be like, we could do that again next year. Like yeah. that... that race uh that part of the of, of the run was truly memorable yes. really cool i think we've droned on long enough yeah how's your beer uh it's excellent it is uh gone as it has been for quite some time uh just a really like a really unique good beer from a unique and good brewery uh how was yours so good i like Mine's also been gone. I finished mine before you finished yours this time. Yes, you did. Uh, I'm like sad that it's a one-off, but grateful I got to drink it. <laughs> uh, it's just really good. And I'm saving the bottle because I think it's like a really slick looking bottle. So I'm quite happy. Don't be sad that it's gone. Be glad that it happened. Glad I got to drink it. Uh, where can the people find us? We are... Oh, this is available wherever you get your podcast. Wherever you got this podcast, you can find us again. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram where we posted uh, some really great pictures of the medals, which we didn't talk too much about, but the, our words wouldn't really do them justice. No, you'll like. see them. So follow us on Instagram at Running on Tap. We're, we're also doing Muffin Madness. We're just going to do a quick plug. Quick plug for Muffin Madness. We're, make, we're baking all the superhero muffins. We got a bracket. It's going to be awesome. Follow us on Instagram. We'll talk more about that in the future episode. We knew this one was going to be long, so we didn't really bring it up. Thanks for sticking with us, guys. Yeah. Uh, so, so ends... The series of podcasts about the Coastal Delaware Marathon, uh, the training, the therapy, all the thoughts about it. Uh, Thank you guys all so much for listening to us talk about this race. It's been our big goal race for quite some time and uh, was really special to run it and good to review it. Uh, We will, as as, uh, said before, we will do another episode in the future we went and tried a bunch of different breweries yeah and uh, a bunch of different beers and we'll talk about those in the future on a separate episode no one wants a three-hour unless podcast. you want us to talk about it right now no uh that's that's a that's another hour and a half all by itself yeah uh so thank you all so much for listening if you're still at this point thank you all so so much for listening shout out to the bow wow brigade shout out to the bow wow brigade and we will talk to you next week <laughs>